This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Bless all of you. Good to see you out to start the new year here. I'm blessed to see you here. A little cold, but I'm still glad you made it. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? Our ushers will get you one. We want to put the Word of God in your hand. Only the truth of the Word of God will set you free. Once you get your Bible, go with me to the book of Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. As you're getting a Bible, um, you saw in the video that we've started a church-wide fast. And maybe you've never done that before. There's a lot of guidelines out here at the information table. Not only guidelines, but there are fact sheets about what we're getting in agreement together as a church, as a body. You know, when you study the scriptures, there's power in numbers. One will put 1,000 to flee, two will put 10,000. So something happens when we come together as the body of Christ and begin to target our prayers together. And so um, I, I encourage you to look at those guidelines. If you've never fasted, there's ways you can fast. There's different times and lengths. And so, um, again, it's, it's very significant. If you want a little more info just in your everyday reading, uh, just read the book of Isaiah chapter 58, and you'll begin to see nugget after nugget in there about the fast that God calls us to do. And then, you know, even in the New Testament, there were times that the disciples couldn't, couldn't cast out this evil spirit. And in that passage, they asked the Lord Jesus, they said, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? And his reply is, some things like this only come out by prayer and fasting. So again, I, I look at that and I think, what have we missed out on as believers by not stepping out in faith and doing what the Lord asks us to do? So you're, again, you're, you're more than welcome to get a sheet on that. Begin with me here in the book of Luke chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 12. And this pertains to our giving. So it says here in the start, it says, Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to see for himself a kingdom and to return. Now, Jesus is talking about himself right here. He's going to return. So he called ten of his servants, and he delivered to them ten minus. And when you look at the ten minus, Many believe each minus was equivalent to three months' wages. So he gave each one of them ten, and he said to them, Do business till I come. And so I believe right there he's, he's telling us he, he didn't intend for us to sit around and do nothing, to be lazy. He said, Do business till I come. Now, if you look closely there, there were ten of them, and he gave all ten of them the same amount of, of money he gave each of the ten the same assignment. Now watch what he goes on to say here. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commended these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that they might know how much every man had gained by trading. Now, when you look at what he's talking about, what I have and what I do with what I have represents a good steward or an irresponsible steward. Now, when he talks about this right here, 
I believe this is going to happen with every one of us. He's going to say, what'd you do on your time on this earth with what I gave you? So he goes on to say, verse 16. Then came the first saying, Master, your mind has earned ten minus. He did something with it, if you'll note there. He, he proved he was a good steward. Verse 17. And he said to him, well done, good servant. Because you were faithful in very little, have authority over ten cities. And so the responsible servant here is rewarded with greater authority corresponding to their gain. So when I begin to look at this, every one of us here, you'll see that Jesus is into rewarding good stewardship. And his concept right here is very simple. You give and prove you're a good steward, he's going to release more to you. But if we read the rest of this, if you're not a good steward, what you have will be taken and it'll be given to the ones that are. That's all in this passage. So I want to highlight this right now, just, just to say, man, I, I encourage you. Live by the kingdom of God. Live by his laws. Live by his principles, even in the area of giving. And, and if you'll note back in verse uh, 16 or verse 14, it says, we, we don't want to do what he asked us to do. So literally, you know what this saying? We'll either do it God's way or we'll do it man's way. And you know what I found out, man? When I get a hold of God's principles and I do it God's ways, whoo, his ways are incredible. His ways are a blessing, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we love you today. And again tonight, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be good stewards with what you've given every one of us. And Father God, as we start a new year here again today, let us hold fast to your principles, even in the area of stewardship with money, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, as our ushers are receiving that, just remember uh, a little over five weeks away is the, the, the marriage conference, the marriage retreat. And I welcome you. It's a great time. I encourage you to get, get info at the information table on that. And then again, on the 16th, we have a partnership class what our partnership is, is to show people what our church believes. And then we look at ways to hook you up to get you where you can serve and be part of this family. Okay? So those are the upcoming events. All right. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews, chapter 11. It probably shouldn't shock you that that's where we're going back to. We've been in the book of Hebrews for quite a while now. Specifically, Hebrews 11. Again, Hebrews 11 is, is the Faith Hall of Fame. It starts out in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so you begin to look at that. Just because I can't see it with the natural eye doesn't believe it be that it's not true. And so he gets over in that area, but he makes a great comment in Hebrews eleven six, 6, and it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must seek him, and he's a reward and a reward of those who diligently seek him. And so then you begin to get in the Faith Hall of Fame. And what I loved about the Faith Hall of Fame, the more we studied the men and women in there, and I, I began to have huge respect for them. They were champions. But what began to happen when I would study these is I would try to put myself in the story. 
And I would try to thank the, the, the persecutions, the difficulties, the struggles they were going through. What would I have done? Would I have held fast like so many of them did? And so I, I'm going to get on one tonight that, man, I'm telling you, this is very interesting to me. So Hebrews 11, we start in verse 35. Women receive their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now, just with those two statements, it, it reveals two facets of the truth that are totally opposite. But to get, to get a little more of what he's talking about, just keep reading here. I'm going to read a couple more verses, and then we'll go back and look at this. Still others had a trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonments. Some of them were flogged. Some of them were in chains. Some of them were in prison. Keep reading. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. You know, when I read they were sawn in two, it literally said this. They were sawn in two while they were alive. All for the kingdom of God. Keep reading. They were tempted, and how they were tempted was over and over to renounce their faith. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves in the earth. And so as I begin to look at this, I begin to think about all the things that he talked about right here. And faith, you begin to see this, it does not provide an automatic exemption from hardships, from trials, and from tragedy. Faith does not mean that the people undergoing these trials and hardships and difficulties, they possess less faith than those who are not afflicted. Didn't mean that at all. It also said that the same faith that enables some to escape trouble, the same faith enables others to endure it. And then the last thing there, he said, the same faith that delivers some from death enables others to face it victoriously. And I begin to look at all this once again, and I, I begin to think, okay, what what happens to me? What happens to us in this thing called faith? And in the very first one in verse 35, it, the last part it says that others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might attain a better resurrection. When I read that, you know what it said? If you want to be delivered, then renounce Jesus. Renounce your faith in God and we'll deliver you. But you know what they were basically saying? I would rather die right here for the cause of Jesus Christ than live. And they said that we would face or inherit a better resurrection. So every one of these, when it begins to talk about it, they understood this thing called eternity. And so what would happen if they told me they were going to stone me? What would happen if they flogged me? 
What would happen with all these hardships and difficulties that he's taken about? And, and so again, you begin to get an insight a little bit of just how awesome these men and women in the Faith Hall of Fame were. But I believe they cheer us on to this day. I believe they tell us, keep running, keep running, don't give up. Back to verse number 38. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves on the earth. And, and, and when you see this here, guys, faith isn't a bridge over troubled waters. Actually, faith takes us right through them. How many begin to figure that out? Oftentimes when we run into difficulties, we have this thought that, whoo, they're just going to disappear and we're going to be gone. It's, it's uh, very similar to what we read in Psalms 23 where it says, yea, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say we go around it. It doesn't say God creates an overpass or an underpass. We go right through it and God says, you know what, I'm going to help you. So I want you to get a hold of this tonight again. That when you live by faith, it's not a bridge over troubled waters, okay? Verse 39. And all these having obtained a good testimony. You know what the good testimony was a result? It was a result of their faith. They hung on to the things of God. They obtained a good testimony through faith. But they did not receive the promise. And when it says they did not receive the promise... They did not receive the blessing that accompanied New Testament believers because Jesus wasn't around yet. But they hung on to the things of God. They never quit serving God. Verse 40. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And so what he's telling us here in this that every one of us, we got to hang on to the things of God. I believe any within the Faith Hall of Fame, you know what they'd say? Hang on to the things of God. Turn, turn a page of chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And I'm going to read this because many of those passages in Hebrews 11, they'll cross right here to Hebrews 13, starting in verse 5 and 6. And it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness, without greed. Be with content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never fail you or abandon you. Now I want you to hold fast to something. For he himself has said, God said it. And so to, to understand this, I got to welcome this by faith with the thought, Father God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. You would never abandon me. Now watch what he goes on to in verse 6. So we may boldly say, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what, what can man do to me. Now when he says this right here, we may boldly respond with the declaration of confidence is what he's talking about. For he has boldly said. So guess what he's telling us? Man, boldly declare. How many times have we boldly declared this? Oh, God's my helper. God's my helper. See, oftentimes we'll boldly declare how bad it is. We'll boldly declare, I've been whipped in this, in this situation. I've been defeated in this situation. But right here, he gives us a nugget, and it comes from a declaration from a heart that says, I'm a boldly say, God's my helper. God's my helper. 
So what would happen if we started our days with that thought? Who I boldly say, God is my helper. It's a declaration of faith that, that God wants us to get a hold of. Remember, God is the one who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I won't abandon you. And so as you go through this year, even in difficult times, God's my helper. God's my helper. Confess him as your helper. Now, the rest of this evening, I'm going to take us back into to the Timothys. We're going to start in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Go back there to 1 Timothy 6. And then we're going to jump into to 2 Timothy. But this is the Apostle Paul. And he wrote these letters to this man named Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Just going to read one, one verse in this. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, if, if I pay close attention to the wording there, fight the good fight of faith, he's, he's actually using verbs that to me are very active and forceful. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, when you think about the word fight, I'm telling you that that, that doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing. And so he's warning us right here that this, call, this thing called faith, it, it's a fight. It's a, it's a battle that every one of us will go through. And, and so when we read on with it, he gives us more insight. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good fashion in the presence of many witnesses. Now it's interesting he gets back over to the good confession. When you get born again, you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior in front of many witnesses. But we go back to Hebrews 13, verse 6 there, where he said, So that you may boldly say, that you may, God is my helper. God is my helper. So again, when I begin to look at this fight called faith, evidently there's something that has to do with even the confessions that come out of our heart that we speak from our mouth. Remember in, in uh, Romans chapter 10, he says that to get born again, you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. Well, I believe in this faith, this fight called faith. That's part of it again. That I start learning to agree and out of my mouth, my confessions, my declarations, and I say who God says I am. And, and the more I get over and start saying who God says I am, the more I start believing that. And before long, it starts affecting you. And when you start confessing the word of God, the more I confess it, the more I believe it. And when I believe it, I begin to act on it. It begins to change me. And so even in this area, you may be in an area of your life right now that you're struggling. Maybe you're, you're getting beat up. Maybe you're getting kicked around. Find scripture again. And start saying about yourself what God says. That's part of the fight of faith. And so again, the devil will try to get you off any way he can in that area. You're in a fight. You're in a fight. But this shows me one of our weapons in this fight is the power of our tongue again. Go with me to 2 Timothy. Chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now watch this, what he says this time. This is the Apostle Paul. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. 
I have fought the good battle. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now when you read this, now he's toward the end of his life. And he's telling everyone, this is what I've done. And I think he's encouraging us to say, fight the fight. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Don't quit over and over. And so this guy named Paul was this young minister named Timothy. He was his mentor. And to me, this is what he was telling him. He said, listen, Timothy, you're going to have to keep on fighting. You're going to have to finish the race. And I believe when we start a new year, that's the same for every one of us. Purpose in your heart here early 2019. Lord, I'm not going to get off track with your help. I'm not going to get off track with your grace. Help me day by day to fight this good fight called faith and look to you and begin to invite you into my day every day. And so again, when you look at what the Apostle Paul said here, he's encouraging us. To fight this great faith, uh, fight called faith, even in this great increase of evil. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Same chapter, 2 Timothy, but start with me in chapter 3, verse 10. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 10. Now, the subtitle of this in my Bible, it says... The man of God and the word of God. I believe that subtitles is really clarifying to every one of us in here. You want to be a man or a woman of God? You're going to have to get in the word of God. And you're going to have to stay in the word of God. And you're going to have to feed on it and feed on it and stay with the word. And and you've probably heard me quote this verse several times in the last month. But if you remember in Matthew 4, the Lord Jesus said this. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So again, he's, he's likening the way we feed ourselves physically. I've got to feed myself spiritually. And he's desiring that we do that daily, 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 that I get into the word. And so this is what we begin to see here. And so we start in verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my teaching, my manner of life, how I lived, my purpose or my directions, my faith. There's this faith is in here. My long sufferings, which is patience, love, perseverance, that I don't quit, that I just continue. Verse 11, it gets really interesting here. Persecutions and afflictions. And again, remember what I read there to start with in Hebrews 11, 35, 36, 37, 38. Remember what all those people went through? It's interesting here that he's talking about persecutions and afflictions. And when you talk about persecution and afflictions, you're talking about suffering. And he said, which happened to me at Antioch. At Iconium and at Lystra. And what beginning he talks about here at Antioch, he was persecuted. They tried to get him to turn from his, the, the faith. At Iconium, he was abused. They wanted to stone him. But at Lystra, they literally stoned him and they left him for dead. 
And so he's telling me and you inside here, he's saying, have, have you have carefully followed my doctrine? Have you carefully followed these things? And he's giving us warning right here. Now in a Western culture like the United States, when we read stuff like this, we check out. I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to be afflicted. Keep reading. At Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them they all, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Verse 12. Now watch this. Yes, and all, A-L-L, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. You obey God and you live for God, you will suffer persecutions. You go against the flow of this society and what will begin to take place? You'll be misunderstood. You'll be criticized. You'll be falsely accused. You'll have ones that will even want to hurt you. Now, why are you telling us this, Pastor? Keep reading. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse and worse and deceiving and being deceived. One translation says, they will flourish. Now, it's interesting to me, his wording he says here, they will get worse and worse and worse. He never mentions it's going to get better. It's going to get worse. And, and basically here, when you see these ones, these imposters, they will tell people what they want to hear and what they should, instead of what they should hear. And, and it'll look like this. Well, God's okay with what you do. God just wants me to be happy. God just wants my life to be fun. That's not true, okay? God's not against that. But when people begin to speak that it's okay for you to live however you want, and you confront that, you contend with that, get ready. There's going to be a pushback. I believe we're seeing that more and more in the United States. That's why I'm warning. So he warns right here of this. And look at his next Warning that he gives. But you must, you must continue in the things which you have learned. You must continue in the word of God. Now, what's interesting about that, it's cross-referenced back to 2 Timothy 1 verse 13. So I went back there today and it says this. Listen to what this says where you must continue with the word. It says, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Hold fast to me sound words. And so when he talks about continuing in the faith, it's one thing to read it. 
It's another thing to believe it. It's another thing to act on it. And it's another thing to speak the word of God. So again, when you look at the spoken word of God, it's called the rhema. The rhema is the spoken word of God. I believe personally that that the written word, the logos, is a great thing. But the way the word of God will come alive in your life and my life, when I start speaking it. When I start speaking it out of my mouth. And I get and he said, continue in it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. And so I lean heavily on this foundational teaching right here. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. He says that out of the abundance of the heart, this is Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So guess what that means? What I take time to on a daily basis to put in my heart, it'll come out of my mouth. And so if I put the word of God in there, Man, start believing God. I'm, I'm going to speak the word out of my mouth. I'm going to start saying about my, myself about what God says. So I, I, I can give you illustration again in my own personal life. All the times I've held on to the word of God, I still hold on to the word of God. I, I hang on to the word of God. And I, I speak that and I, I confess that. And so I'm, I'm giving you what I believe Paul was giving us guidelines to start this new year. Start making it a habit right now to say, Lord, grace my tongue. Grace me that I speak the word of God out of my mouth. And I begin to believe it. So he said here to Timothy, this is who he's talking to. He said, Timothy, you, you got to stay with the word, buddy. You got to continue the things which you've learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. Now listen to this in verse 15. And that from your childhood You have known the Holy Scriptures. That from your childhood. Let me ask you this. If you're a parent in here, it's an opportunity and a responsibility for you to teach your children the Word of God. This is interesting to me that he brought this up and he said, Timothy, from whom you have learned and that from your childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. That was his foundation in life. His his life was built on the Word of God from a child. Now, I I don't know about you. I, I had great parents and stuff, but I didn't know the things of God from a child. And I will throw this in. You're not too late to know the things of God. But I challenge you as a parent in 2019, teach your children the word of God. Sit down with them and you read them scripture and you say, do you understand what that says? And I believe it's powerful when they see you grab hands with them and pray with them and speak the word of God and say, this is what God said. And so right here, he begins to tell him this. And I love the wording there. The Holy Scriptures. Now look what he goes on to say about the Holy Scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I I, I love what he just said. 
The word of God will create wisdom within you to teach you how to get born again. It'll teach you how to live by faith and it'll teach you about the things of Jesus Christ. It didn't say Reader's Digest. It didn't say Sports Illustrated. It said the Holy Scriptures. So when I begin to get in the Holy Scriptures, understand, it will put wisdom within you. You get a hold of the Word. Verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. All Scripture And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The, the, the word will strengthen you. The word will be the standard for everything you need in your life. The word has the ability to correct you from wrong and help you to learn to do what's right. If I'll receive it. That's interesting to me. This this is what he was telling this young guy named Timothy. And he ends in verse 17. That the man of God. In my Bible I highlighted that. That the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Useful for the master. And when he uses the title then the man of God. That's a person that says, I'm, I'm going to live committed to God. I'm not going to turn from God. And so this is a little different way we start the year in this area of faith. But the Bible is the area for testing everything else that says it's true. Look at everything in light of the Word of God. Begin to say, is this what the Word of God says? And so I, I like to do that. When people ask me a question, I'll look and I'll say, what does the Word of God say? Well, what do you think of this, Pastor? What's the Word of God say? So when people have the thought or the question, is that how you'll always answer? That's how I'll always answer. I, I believe that much in the Word of God, and that's why that one passage of Scripture said, it's God-inspired, it's God-breathed. It had nothing to do with man except God. He, he wrote through men, but God's the one who did it. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't say, uh-oh, I missed that one. God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't lie. His word is forever settled in heaven. And so again, that book, if we make it to 2020, it'll say the same thing next year at this time. That's the consistency of Father God. That's what I love about the word of God. And so I pray this for every one of us in here right now. That 2019, we have an appetite for the Word of God. Ooh, Father God, I want, I want to get into your Word. Grace me when I read the Word, Father God. Give, give me understanding. Let me, let me understand this. And I, I believe God will do that. God will help every one of us. And so I'm, I'm going to end with just a couple thoughts here. Even in my own life, guys. I didn't get born again until I was 20 years old, 19. I didn't know the things of God. Man, when I got a hold of the Word of God, I had an older guy who looked at me and said, this is the ticket. You've you got to stay this all your life, your whole life. You've got, you got to get into the Word. You've got to get in the Word. 
Now, I will tell you this. One of the strong suits of that is I didn't have a bunch of religion in me. I didn't have a bunch of stuff that I had to unlearn to learn. So guess what happened? If, if Philip and Mandy came to me and said, Pastor, look what the Word of God says. I would look and I'd read it and I'd say, I got to do that. The Word of God says you need to do this. And, and when people would show me the Word of God, I'd say, okay, let's do it. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Where's that in the Bible? It's right here. Okay. You need to start honoring God with your tithe. Where's that say that? And, and I remember I'd ask questions. What's a tithe? What's a fast? What are those? I didn't know those things. But I'm telling you, I fell in love with the Word of God. And to this day, I, I read, I read few, few magazines every now and then. But I, I don't read other books. I'm not against that. If I'm reading, it's, it's usually a book on, on the Bible. It's because, again, man, I've I got to get into the Word. I want to consume the Word. I want to live by that Word. I want to run this race, and I want to finish this race. And I want to look at the end of this and say, I, I ran the race. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.